It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, listeners, to The Extra Inch. My name's Windy, and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend, Bardi. Hello, Bardi. Hello, Windy. And our tactics guy, and a man who I think is most likely to be a cat, Nathan A. Clark. Hello, Nathan. <laughs> Hello, Windy. As opposed to a dog, of course. Yeah, yeah, I think I am, yeah. I mean, on account of my height, I don't play centre-back a lot, but when I do, <laughs> I'm Would you be, cat. yeah, I think you'd be like socks rolled down, mm-hmm. no shin pads, just like sweeping up. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Occasionally that's intercepting it. if you can be bothered. One or two touches, never more than that. Very, very sort of Toby Adeverald, I think. You know, but, but like a like probably Toby now <laughs> for Spurs rather than Toby no long passing though. Like you, I don't think you could be bothered to play long passes. I think it'd just be like sideways passing on the goal line, just sideways passing. I've got, I got some, I got some zips to feet going on, but not the Have big you? diagonals. Don't have the don't have the hamstrings or whatever. So it will be technical. I can't get the long the long ping gun. You're just reading the game and occasionally <laughs> organising the guys around you. And every time the ball goes over my head, just absolutely dusted for the sprint to the ball, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that went better than I thought it would. Um, firstly, shout out to David Linmer um, for having some fun with the intro music. Very much appreciated. And I want to give a shout out to Matt Borum, who's uh, come over for his annual visit from the States and bought me beer, which is just so, so sweet of him. Really, really nice. Um, I still need an accountant, by the way. So if anyone's uh, got a mate who's a Spurs fan and an accountant, please do get in touch. I really, really want to work with someone who's a Spurs fan. It would be nice to pay someone who's Spurs. Um, this is Nathan. just you. This is just you asking for services and, and getting beer. That's that's all this is. It's a front. This whole podcast. <laughs> no, I want to pay someone. I'm not. I'm not trying to get it on the cheap. Uh, I do want to pay someone, but I'd rather pay a Spurs fan if if possible. Um, Nathan, Nuno Video Two came out last week. Nuno Video Three is that coming this week? Probably not this week. I need to think about how I want to do it, what what questions I feel are unanswered, unposed. Maybe it will just be more sort of narrative-driven. Maybe it will just be like, and then this happened, and that was good, and then this happened, and that wasn't so good, and that kind of thing. I think I want to assess how much uh, Wolves getting seventh that season was an overachievement, because I think that, that really is his only possible claim for, for an overachievement. We talked about this okay. before. Um, but I've also started to poke around players a little bit. I, I might have had a bit of. I might have to put Nuno on the on the back burner for a uh, for a couple of weeks and and, mm. and get excited about these new toys that we have. Yeah, that's that's not a bad shout. I really like the second video, by the way. Some good work with the tactics board. That was um, that was nice, showing how you can achieve the same thing in two different formations, which was um, which was really interesting to me. Um, so so good work there, uh, Bardi. What have you been up to? I'm reading at the moment. Going to get Bardi's book club back going, uh, back on the road. I just finished. I'm about halfway through Ewan Flynn's um, Sunday League book, which is a great read. Ewan's been doing a lot of writing for the Fighting Cock and for us as well. And I'm going to sit down and have a chat to him about about his book and also the kind of intricacies and the very Britishness of of playing football on a Sunday down the park. Because I'm I'm not sure 
if um, if the rest of the world has this kind of custom. So I'm really excited to, to chat to him about that. Nice, nice. And I um, I recorded my first podcast straight off the training ground with Chris Summersell uh, since he got his new job, essentially. So Chris is now the under-19 women's coach at Hearts, which is, which is great for him, really, really pleased for him. Uh, they've got an exciting progressive new female manager coming in for their first team she will be the only the third female manager in the scottish women's uh, league which is which is surprising but also it's cool that it's at hearts and that he'll be getting to work with her eva eva oh i don't want to get her name wrong so i'm not going to attempt it uh yeah so really massive congratulations to chris on his new job uh we had a good chat about it and that'll be out sometime this week as well this is all on our patreon by the way patreon.com forward slash the extra inch we now have over 900 patrons which is absolutely mind-blowing um thank you so much like it honestly means the world that people would sign up to our patreon oh my god it's insane uh but what a insanely amazing community we have on the discord it's just such a lovely place to spend time chatting to to fellow spurs fans we're supremely lucky um thank you really mean it thank you so much uh boys we've got some signings to talk about we've got lots of interesting stuff to talk about so uh two signings already this week Pierluigi Gallini which is just the best bit of nominative determinism, Goalini, and he's a goalie. It's just perfect. No, more like uh, goal in e. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and Brian, Brian Gill from Sevilla, which is a very exciting signing. Let's start with Gallini, um, buddy. You're our you're our keeper guy, and you're also our Italian football expert. So, this is from Sam Hot Take Reed, who says. Is the signing of Gallini signalling that the Hugo reign is coming to an end? And if so, how is Gallini going to be introduced this year? Will it be early ECL games and cups? And what are your projections for the future with this kid? What do you think, Bardi? Is Gallini a Hugo replacement? I mean, I'm not sure that Gallini is the the end for, for Hugo. I think there's, there's serious question marks. I have serious question marks around Gallini. But what I do see from Gallini is that he's a he's a huge step up from Hart and a huge step up from Gazaniga. And he's, apart from maybe Vorm in his first season or two, he's probably one of the best second goalkeepers we've had. Um, I do have problems with his with his technique, especially getting beat from distance. I don't think he's that strong from distance. He does get a few kind of Paul Robinson style goals against him. The one from the one that always stands out is when Atalanta played Real Madrid in the Champions League this season. Mendy, with his right foot, not even his stronger foot, bent it in a soft shot from quite far out. And I thought Gallini's feet movement was bad, and I don't think his his dive actually extended. It was I was I had it was a poor goal to concede. There's also his one on ones, which um, are very worrying. He has this first of all his timing is kind of bad that he doesn't come out, and also he doesn't spread himself, which is okay if you've got good timing like. Hugo and you're very elastic in kind of spring but he reminds me a bit of Kepa in that style that uh-huh. he's not he's not the most physically imposing goalkeeper so if you're not the most physically imposing goalkeeper you have to have spot on timing or be a little bit unorthodox kind of like in the De Gea model and I just I don't think he he fills the goal enough so if you're Donnarumma you've got god-given gifts that you're a giant and then you just need to add some decent timing in there. If you're not Donnarumma, if you're a Hugo, you have to have exceptional technique and timing. And he doesn't have that, which makes me think he's not our number one going forward. But he's uh, he's he's on loan, and it's a it's a it's a way to test him. We can see what happens. It's very risk free. Um, Hart doesn't seem to be liked by Nuno, so it's, it's a smart transfer in that sense. But I don't think he I don't think in three years' time, Golini's going to be our number one. That's really useful analysis. I, I appreciate that. I, I know very little about him other than the, the clips I've seen. So that's that's great stuff. And Nathan, anything to add? Yeah, so I had heard similar um, thoughts on his, his 1v1 defending from um, uh, an industry side goalkeeper analyst. And then I also retweeted a thread that said the same thing again. So it's something that a lot of people are picking up on that he... <clears throat> He sort of he goes to ground quite early and is easy to chip on the one v one. This sort of he sort of totals out as kind of hitting average on his on his sort of uh, saves versus post shot expected goals. Yeah, 
but he's a young goalkeeper, so perhaps you think that there's room for improvement there. Um, <clears throat> I hadn't I haven't got around to sort of watching him see see how he is in terms of like his cross collection, um, his his passing and that kind of thing. But purely as a shortstop, he's sort of average or slightly below average, uh, but with some upside because he's he's 26. Is that right? Yeah. So I don't know. I I think it's it's a bit. It's not the worst signing. Like um, we signed worst goalkeepers in the last twelve months, but um, it's not an exciting one either. And I don't think it's the way to go about preparing for the Reese. I I've tweeted before. Uh, I've spoken before on this podcast. For me, Anana is right there. He has a drug ban. He can't play till February, which means he would come in and automatically be deputy. And like. I think he's an outstanding goalkeeper. He's outstanding with his feet. He's very proactive. He's everything that you want from the modern goalkeeper. He's still on the younger side. He needs. To, he, he's moving this summer to somewhere. He's relatively cheap because of his drugs ban. That matches perfectly with us because we're not about to kick Hugo out the door in a rush. Now, eventually, it comes to a point where you have to pick one of them, right? At the end of this season, beginning of the season after, you've got to pick one of them. And I just don't think it's going to be that hard, right? Hugo is still one of the very best shot stoppers in the world. Wow, amazing, incredible still. But, like, that's not going to last forever. That might be another year, another two years, another three years. But it's like, how long are you going to keep gambling on that being the case of Hugo versus... you? We just know that Onana has a very, very big, very, very long upside. And I think you go, okay, Lloris is still very good, but we have to think more long-term prioritize what is going to be a first 11 quality keeper um try and get a sum out of Larice because he is still a very good shot stopper and, and, and think in those kind of terms i don't think that bringing galini is is likely to be the long-term answer to to what we're looking for here but um i don't know it's also not the greatest priority or the greatest worry yeah no that's that's really interesting as well um i've got a few thoughts on this transfer i i when i originally heard about it i was a bit annoyed because i was a bit like why are we bringing in another um, non-homegrown goalkeeper and why are we spending 15 million euros on them when like we had Gazaniga right there and he mm. was fine as a backup and we, we let him go on a free it just didn't make any sense to me but this now being uh, alone and not a permanent transfer that's, that's fair yeah. uh, alone with an option that does change that slightly for me um, I'm, I don't know if he's going to count as homegrown or not I, th- I think so. Not. I think so. Not. The reporting, Alistair Gold, who we trust in all things because he's he's so reliable, he has reported not. However, I know that he was playing for Man U's academy for three years before the age of twenty-one. Whether he was registered, three. I don't know. Yeah, so three seasons. Oh, so he wasn't on the book for three necessarily. He's exactly. Only on the book for two. Exactly. So it will depend on the registration. It will depend on whether he was right. on trial at that point. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll say this. If we have like done our behind the scenes research, got in touch with the FA, and we found out that he can count as homegrown when no one else thinks he is, then this is a really smart bit of business and, and yeah. fair play to Ferratici. Um, but if we're just sort of hoping that that might be the case and we're bringing in an okay goalkeeper, <laughs> then, then it's not so smart. So kind of hinges on that for me, I think. So the, the other thing that um, made me take note about this transfer was the reporting, I think it was yesterday, about us also trying for David Ray of Brentford who I think is a really really good young goalkeeper really good I'm a big fan of Freya and it seemed like we tried for him he was too expensive so we've gone for Galini and it makes me wonder if maybe they want to watch Raya or someone like Anana or, or Melier of Leeds who I think is brilliant as well for another season before committing and Galini just gives them a bit of leeway to sort of say well let's see what happens we've got someone in on loan who might be really good might not there's no no skin off our nose if he's no good he just goes back to um, back to his club almost as if nothing's ever happened uh if he's great then he's great and we keep him wonderful when we get him for like 15 million euros which is if he's great fine that's cheap wonderful yeah i don't know i'm i'm not so against it i'm not quite so against it as i initially was uh, he's also really he's an interesting character he's really he's a bright guy he's really interesting to listen to speak because he he's super confident speaks really well he's got a bit of the goldie about him it's a bit crazy He's had this um, rap single out, which he released for charity, and that, that was a bit of fun, um, and not to be taken too seriously. He like His eyes light up when he talks about it. You can tell he just had a laugh doing it. Uh, but he's also, he's really into fashion. There's, I tweeted uh, a YouTube video of him 
on this sort of fashion YouTube channel. And he's really interesting. He's just really quirky and cool. And I think he'll fit in really well in the squad. Yeah, I, I think for all the reasons that you guys have said that if we, we need to prioritise certain areas and right this summer a goalkeeper is not a priority while we've still got Hugo. Um, Golini is used to uh, position sharing. He With Sportiello at Atalanta they would quite often mix and match games. So I think he'll be, he doesn't need a run of games to be kind of match fit. I think it, I think it kind of makes sense. And if he does have that, um, that work permit that, um, if he is counted as homegrown, then, then great. If not, we, we send him back after, after a year and then we focus on somebody else. I mean, the interesting thing is he's going to get a lot of games, right? For the, in the conference league, he'll play a fair bit. So we'll get a, we'll get a good idea of, um, of what he's like and whether he can be trusted essentially. Um, so one thing, Bardi, on his style, I think I read somewhere that he's known for being quite good with his feet, as a, a good good at passing, and he's also quite an aggressive goalkeeper, quick off his line and such like. Is that fair to say? Um, well, you can be a, you can be aggressive coming off your line, but if you're no good at it, then it's it's pointless. And I think he, I think that's where he suffers. Um, his passing style, I'm not sure. I don't know. You need to have a look at his um, passing stats. Um, it didn't spring out to me that he's someone who's fantastic with his feet. Okay. Now, I'm just thinking in terms of having a goalkeeper closer to Luis because then it's easier for a defence to... It's easier for the defence to cope with a rotating goalkeeper if they're quite similar in style, whereas with Luis and Hart, like, they're quite different. Yeah. Yeah, that that that's a that is a that's a good point. I, he's definitely closer to Larice than, than Hart is. I mean, I'm closer to Larice than, than <laughs> Joe Hart. Yeah, I think I am to be fair as well. I mean, that was just such a bad, bad, bad free transfer. And the the most promising thing is if you start comparing the transfers that have started happening this year hmm. compared to what happened the previous year, there's a there's an improvement. And if we're looking at marginal gains and getting ten more points or seven more points, however many we need to hit Champions League, these are the kind of transfers we need to be making. Mm, for sure. Um, so the signing of Pierluigi Gallini has been quickly followed by the announcement of Brian Gill from Sevilla. And I didn't know much at all about him. I knew the name, but I don't think I've knowingly seen him play. Uh, I wanted to go on to Scout and look at lots of scouting clips of him. But unfortunately, Nathan's maxed out our account for the month, <laughs> so I couldn't do that. So what I did do was uh, check out him on YouTube, which isn't always... It's not always the best way to judge a player because compilations tend to completely ignore the the less positive moments that players have. But it gives you a flavour of what kind of player they are. They are. Um, he's he's really exciting. He's a really really exciting player. He's a left-footed winger that plays on the left wing. That's quite unusual. He he has played on the right as well, but it definitely is is more prominent on the left. Um, he likes to come deep for the ball, receive it to feet, take players on. Very sort of direct in the fact that he wants to put balls into the box on a consistent basis. He wants to feed passes into the box and create chances. He also wants to dribble into the box. Um, and his dribbling is absolutely exceptional. Uh, Chris Summersell tweeted earlier uh, an image from the Market Insights database. And his progressive runs are basically off the charts as are the progressive to forward pass ratio um, and the successful passes into the penalty area, literally like maxing out those bars in uh, in lurid green, which is which is pretty exciting. Um, mm. We we seem to have replaced uh, an aggressive player with a progressive player. Oh, nicely done, nicely done. Thank so, what wh- what do you think of of Brian Gilbardi? Um, I haven't seen a lot of him, but I I like him. I just saw one stat. He's made 66 ball carries in La Liga and only Messi had more. So that's, if you're <laughs> going to buy a player off one stat, buy him. That's the stat. Uh, it looks to me like he will be the best dribbler in, in our squad. Uh, I think that's that's fair to say. And Nathan, any thoughts? Mm, yeah. Uh, so... In terms of like output, in terms of statistical output, he he does model somewhat similar to Lucas, um, but uh, I think there's there's much much more room for upside just by watching. Him, you can see that he's he's head up a lot more. He's much more interested in, in finishing his moves with a pass, mm. um, and I think that the the goals and the, and certainly the assists will definitely come for him in in time as that side of his game. The hardest part sort of develops more. Um, he does lose the ball a lot, dribbling as much as he does. He's, his close control is really impressive. His change of direction yeah. is really impressive. For me, what what I was interested to, to find and what I sort of did my bit of research on uh, last night is... So we bought this left footer who plays wide on the left. 
when uh, what we needed is is a width giver on the right, right? We're going to play with a defensive right back. We're going to play with an aggressive left wing back in Regulon. Therefore, we need the width on the right to be provided. And unfortunately, most of our players want to play either in off the left or when they do play on the right-hand side, they want to play narrow, right? Lo Celso, as a left footer, wants to play narrow in from the right rather than receiving on the touchline. So we bought another left footer. How does that fit? Uh, and if you look at uh, what Sevilla want to do with uh, Lepetegui <laughs> is is play with inside wingers and, and overlapping fullbacks on both sides. So um, if he was an inside player, surely they'd be more interested in keeping hold of him. So you go away and you watch a couple of his eyebar games and uh, he plays pretty similarly on the right side of the pitch than he does on the left. Now, obviously, Ooh. there's going to be more moving, a little more moving inside because it's just the natural direction with your left foot on the ball. But he tends to want to go outside his fullback mm-hmm. and operate in those kind of areas, receive on the touchline. And there's some, there's some like, um, <laughs> there's some diagonality to his dribbling to an extent, <laughs> but he's not just like, well, he's not who's going the other way. Eric Lamella wants to just like stud roll inside and then look for a three ball every time. He's he's going to be much more width providing uh, without being just limited to that. So I actually think that he he suits the profile really, really well. Um, a really interesting signing, Potet- high potential upside. He may not yeah. reach like the highest heights because um, like players of his skill set can reach enormous heights or they can fall quite <laughs> way short. So there's 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 quite a lot of variance in his in his potential. Uh, development over the next few years um, but I think a really exciting signing an interesting pro- profile for what we're looking for um, I think a really yeah a really good signing and what's interesting to me is he is someone who crosses a lot but also crosses extraordinarily well he is very 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 good at finding around in the box um, I, I watched quite a few of his crosses in, on YouTube and the sh- he shapes them beautifully. Uh, and Nathan, as you've already pointed out in in some of your work on analysing Nuno, he wants team, he wants his teams to cross the ball. His, Lo- lots of crossing. His 28% cross accuracy is l- nearly 80th percentile in, right. in quality. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, it's a good matchup for Nuno, right? Uh, let's so. carry on doing... Let's carry on talking about ins before we do outs because I want to devote some time to the okay. outs. I think deserve some time devoted to them um and yeah just to finish off on on brian i think nathan made a really good point there that it's, there's a high upside to the signing it's a, it's a bargain in many ways because we've we've not spent a huge amount of money he's 20 years old i mean i tweeted earlier like what the ages of the players that he's he's closest to the players who he's closest to in age in our squad and it's like Josh Aluiemi is close, closest to him in age. It's mad how young he is. He's he's such a young player, uh, and he's really, really highly rated in Spain. Uh, has made his debut for the national team. People were talking him up as like a future star for the national team. This is an exciting signing. One of the most exciting signings we've made in quite a while, and it's uh, it, it makes me certainly feel very good about the upcoming season. Uh, next one, who is it seems like he's edging closer to an agreement, is Christian Romero, who plays for Juventus but spent last season on loan at Atalanta, as did Gallini. Um, and Bardi, I know you're very excited about this one. I think he's a brilliant defender. I think he's a defender you can build your defence around for, for quite a period of time. I think he has everything that that none of our defenders have. Um, and I, I just see this as, as a real obvious signing. And I think it's so obvious that I'm worried it might not happen. I think <laughs> somebody else would just gazump us because I think he's a fantastic player. And I'm totally in on this transfer. Even if it means selling Dave, who I, I really love Davinson, but sell him, sell him, sell Dyer, sell all of them. And the numbers being quoted seem about right to you, sort of 45, 50 million euros. I think so. I mean, we we spent how much do we spend on Davinson? Forty two. I think I think this is a transfer you put in place, and he's there for a long period of time. He's twenty three, I think. So mm-hmm. pretty young again for a centre back. Um, Nathan, he's a very aggressive defender, uh, more so than any other defender we have. More so think... than any defender in the top five European leagues, I think. Right. Okay. He 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 has a very 
very specific style that is very well suited to the aggressive style that Atalanta play. Um, he's very good at making that work for him. How well that might translate elsewhere is another question. And I, I'll go back and I'll look at his his Jenner uh, time. We can look at his minutes for Argentina too, um, where you know seems to have gone perfectly well. But I do think that like there's there is some risk going with this one. He's very good at what he does. Um, I hope that what he does is what we want and what we need. I think I think I think it makes sense for the way that we want to play. Nuno sides you know, his Porto and his Valencia um, from uh, from losing possession in high areas are super aggressive in their pressing. Um, yeah, and, and and it suits the more defensive stance as well. So, <clears throat> uh, like Nuno's Valencia, they and Wolves too, um, they set up a lot of the time in this medium or medium high block and. They want to invite the opposition forward a little bit, bring their defenders forwards, and then combat in midfield. And I think that that makes sense. That Moreira is going to push up and be sort of an additional <laughs> midfielder half the time. Um, so yeah, uh, tricky one, but but yeah, I think exciting. So there's been another couple of centre backs linked as well. Uh, we know that um, Joachim Anderson is now going to Crystal Palace, so he's off the agenda. I think um, that the backup now is Duja. Chaleta Carr, whose name I've just guessed at. It's a, it's a Croatian <laughs> name, and I apologise to any Croatian listeners if I've if I've completely messed that one up. Uh, he plays for Marseille. I know very little about him. I don't intend to do much research because I get the impression that it's a, it's a backup for if if, if Romero doesn't happen. Uh, do either of you know anything about Chaleta Carr? Good in the air. Yeah, uh, and the other one that's still mentioned regularly is Jules Kunde of Sevilla who you've spoken about before Nathan but that that link isn't going away either it sounds like we want him and he will wait to see who else comes in yeah. for him before deciding on what he'll do uh, I'm gonna <laughs> get in touch with the friend of a friend of a friend at Real Madrid and tell them they don't want him uh, <laughs> I don't know I just, <laughs> apparently United are looking at him now as well so we've, we've mm. you know we're, we're, we're the backup <laughs> I, I really hope really hope that um that for some reason other top european sides turn their nose up at him because uh it would be out of error all over again you know it would be how the hell have all of these other clubs let us sign this incredible defender uh yeah akunde romero defense is um it's quite something i think <laughs> then there's a there's a canteen somewhere in Sevilla and Kunde's going any news from Manchester and uh, <laughs> they're just going nah mate you're off to Tottenham it's like shit <laughs> uh, the Takahiro Tomiyasu transfer seems to be on hold because he's picked up an ankle injury so I, I would imagine we're waiting to hear what's going mm-hmm. on there but um, I, I would again see him as a sort of centre back rotation yes we, we've, we've read the reports that he's being lined up to play his defensive right back role, but he absolutely profiles well as a centre back in my eyes. Yeah. Um, so it's looking good. It's looking good in terms of defensive targets. Uh, let's do the outs. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, Eric Lamella has joined Sevilla as part of the Brian Gill transfer. Uh, he's left a very heartwarming message. Um, how to frame this conversation? There's been lots of gatekeeping, I think, about how we should feel about Eric Lamella, which I think is completely unfair. And Lamella's been at Spurs for eight years, and, and those eight years haven't been easy for him at all. He's he's had some trauma in his life, and mm. he's had some difficult times at Spurs with injury, 
too many injuries for my liking. Uh, we, I know because I had ITK at the time, we misdiagnosed an injury when he first joined Spurs and it, it massively held up his, um, his start to life at the club. We did, that was our fault, not his. And he had subsequent injuries off the back of that. Lamella has not always been everyone's favourite player on the pitch. He can be very frustrating. Uh, and, and sometimes you just want to shake him. But oh my goodness, like there are very few players I've ever watched play for Spurs that play with the level of intensity that Eric Lamella has done over those eight years. And, and for that, he's somewhat become a cult hero. Not a legend, absolutely not a legend, because he's not good enough to be considered a legend. But, but cult hero is something different. Cult hero is something Freund-like, you know? Lewis Holtby was uh, seen by many as a cult hero. Someone that you take to your hearts for reasons beyond what they, they can achieve on the football pitch. And for me, Eric Lamella fits squarely into that category. Um, a couple of highlights for me. The, the, the picture of him in the maternity ward. His partner's just had a child. He's watching Spurs on his iPad. <laughs> and the other moment that stands out was when he... He made like a really strong challenge against Burnley. The physio comes on to to see to the player who he's injured, and Lamella just steals a bottle of water from the physio's bag. It was so perfect. Uh, but obviously, like the two bonus are magical Spurs goals as well, and he'll forever be remembered for those. Um, Bardi, how do you feel about Eric Lamella leaving Spurs? The the Eric Lamella we signed from Roma was an utter failure. He didn't do anything that he was supposed to do. But through this wreckage, because he was an absolute car crash for the first year, through this wreckage emerged something that occasionally bordered on an excellent player, occasionally bordered on a good substitute, and and he did turn into this kind of cult cult um this cult idol we, we we would admire the stuff that he would do he would never actually do what we signed him for what we needed from him but he had some brilliant moments he i tweeted today at the last couple of minutes of the champions league semi-final he's trying to nutmeg someone on the corner of the box which doesn't work but then he sets off a counter which we could have scored another goal there had we been a bit smarter and it's that kind of flipping and flopping between absolute uselessness to brilliance, which is the reason why he, he's divided um, Coy's Twitter. And I, I, can, I know why people hate him, because he, he never became the player that we thought he was going to be. He replaced Bale, which was an impossible task. Hmm. Uh, but then he is held in such high esteem by other people that it almost upsets the other end, uh, the other, the other end of the spectrum. I will I will remember the Rabone he scored in the um, in the Europa League. I was right behind it, and I didn't see it, but I knew it. So as he step as he did it, a, a, a defender stepped across. So it was the weirdness where like, how did that go in? So you knew hmm. something special had occurred, but I didn't. I missed it, and it was only when someone got their phone out and you saw it, you're like, oh my days! That's that's how he got it in from there. And those moments are brilliant. I was also there with the Burnley game where he whipped it in. And that was very Bale-like. He's like, yeah. oh, here we go. He's going to explode now. He never did. And then, you know, the, the assist against Man City and, of course, the, the stamping of Fabregas. He has these iconic moments, but unfortunately his career is not something that we will, we will remember fondly as a, as a success. But that's just very Tottenham. And that's just what he is. You know, he aimed, he aimed for the stars, but he, he, he missed it because uh, he normally slipped over as he shot. He elbowed the stars, I think. He elbowed the stars, yeah. Uh, one thing I would say, Bardi, you mentioned there that um, he's divisive and, and one side of the, the argument wind up the other. I, mm. I, I think there's slightly more to that. I think um, the sort of darker, nastier edges of the Spurs fan base um, were quite mean-spirited about Lamella from quite early on. So he would get nicknamed Pamela, which there's something distasteful about that joke generally um not least because it doesn't even work because like he has all the stereotypical like masculine elements to him he's he likes fighting so it doesn't work anyway but um but also there, there was a bit of the this sort of graham sunes very latin element to it as well people didn't like the shit housing and then suddenly other people were like hang on this is good why why do you not like this this is the good stuff and Poch very much embraced it, and he he became Poch's general in some ways. Not just to the shit housing. I think there's something to be said also for how Lamella as a player genuinely could change the tempo of a match, 
coming off the bench. It was absolutely insane sometimes how he would come on and have an instant impact. And that wouldn't always be a lasting impact and he wouldn't always get a golden or an assist, but you would notice the Spurs team play faster, play harder because Eric Lamella was on the pitch. And I think that's an unusual trait to, to have. And I think it's something we will need to find a way to replace in the squad. Um, but that's why I think one side of the fan base sort of took him to their hearts slightly more um, as a result of the abuse he was getting from this sort of nasty side. Mm. Nathan, any thoughts on, on Eric Lamella? Yeah, man, I'm going to miss him. I uh, I don't think that, like, I, I think that he's he's unique, you know? I don't think there are other players really like him. Maybe mm. maybe maybe there are if you head over to, to River Plate or whatever, but I just think that, like, that mixture of, of um, like, twinkle-toed, through-ball focus kind of okay sometimes he can be frustrating because because there's not much guile to what he's going to do a lot of the time but then combine that with just like a nasty <laughs> like violent <laughs> uh, but like also like like really getting it like in a summer where we're talking about like supposed boyhood spurs fan harry kane where he's gonna play in a few months time eric lamella is like fully coys against the odds with no with no like great reason to do so he just really bought in to to Spurs in a massive way to the extent where reportedly he has to be persuaded to leave us to go play in the Champions League next season you know because he really likes Tottenham he likes living in London he likes everything he, about the club you know making Santa dress in blue with his with his custom <laughs> Tottenham PlayStation controller oh yeah you know he's he's Spurs through and through and uh, we have to respect him in that way we have to remember him in that way we have to be so grateful for him uh, he he sort of he like he briefly touched on like um, elite uh, expected assist numbers in his second season, and then he was like a decent squad player from like 2017 to 2019. Injuries obviously doing him a lot of harm in that time, and then and then also at that point he falls behind like Delhi Eriksson's son, which just means that even when he's fit, he's he's gonna struggle to see sufficient game time. And he's someone who wants a string of games and that undermined his performance as well. But I think that mm. there's definitely a lot of talent there. Um, I definitely think that he's still got a good few years in him uh, at Sevilla. I think that's it's likely to be a good match for him. Um, but yeah, just what he represents, I like we will miss having that character in the squads. Definitely. Um, yeah. I do think if you, if you go back now and uh, time travel all the way back to 2013 and you, you watch what he was doing with Totti at Roma and you could see that the player that he, he should have been. But I think injuries really did take their toll on him. And he, he had to adjust how he played. Yeah. He, he lost that bit of acceleration. He lost that bit of strength. And he had to redefine how how he played. And I, I think he, he found a role that suited him. And to the best of his ability, he tried his goddamn best. Yeah. And there's there's been plenty of players we've had at Spurs who have perhaps been better, but haven't even tried a fraction as hard as him. And... I, I, I did tweet back in 2019 that he's our worst ever transfer. If you look at money, <laughs> money, money paid out according to like output and everything else, perhaps there is that argument to be made. But he, he did try his damnedest, and I'll respect him for that. And I, I, I harbour no ill feelings towards him. So, from one important uh, player from the last decade leaving to another. It looks like Toby Averald is heading to Qatar to play for Al Duhail. Um This, to me, is an indication that Alderweireld understands that he is done at the, the top level of, of this sport, that he is just going for one last payday. Fair play to him for doing that. Absolutely no issue with that at all. Uh, I personally felt that he was our best centre-back last season. Um, I personally think he is the best centre-back. When he's at his best, I think he's the best centre-back I've seen in my lifetime at Spurs. Him is close between him and Ledley, who I absolutely adored. Uh, one of my favourite players of all time. I think Alderweireld, at his absolute peak times, was just unbelievable. And like Nathan said, we were so lucky to, to hang on to him for... To sign him in the first place and then to hang on to him for as long as we did when he had this release clause in his contract. Um... I'm really sad to see Alderweireld go, but I think it's absolutely the right time and we need, we do need to move on from him at this point. But I think in the same way there's a lot of fondness for Lamella from large swathes of the fan base, there will always be a lot of fondness for Alderweireld, not because he's a character in the same way, but because of what he did on the pitch. It's kind of the opposite of, of Lamella in a sense because he's quite quiet off the pitch. You don't really know a lot about him. We've got a glimpse into his character on All or Nothing. 
Um, but he's someone who who led by example. He's not the loudest player. He's not really an organizer or a motivator. But he led by example, and the partnership he had with Jan Vertonghen, I don't think we'll see that matched anytime soon. You don't get a centre-back partnership as good as Toby and Jan for as long as them too often. We we, we lucked out there. Um, and I'm I'm going to be sad to see him sad to see him go, obviously wish him all the best. But anything you'd like to say about Toby? Yeah, he's an absolute class defender who played a lot of games, man. He had one season that was a little bit affected, but otherwise he he was always hitting 30 league games a season. He was really consistent. His his legs started to go, and, and you spoke about his partnership with Vertonghen. That's that's a partnership that goes to international football as well. You're not going to see a partnership like that on international stage. He he was a beautiful defender, um, really gifted. He didn't seem the biggest, but he was a really imposing player. And his time had come. I thought last season he did fine in a kind of low block defence, but his time had definitely come. The hunch was getting the best of him. And you saw at the Euros that he was his legs had gone. His brain was maybe still there, but his legs had done. That's completely fair, I think. Uh, Nathan, I know you were a big admirer of Alderweireld as well. Yeah, I just think that we have to re- remember his 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 best when we were talking about him accurately as as perhaps the best defender in the world, right up there with the very best centre backs in the world. Uh, he's dropped off since, uh, sort of quite gradually, and and for a while now he had that injury. Um, he's obviously missed <laughs> Jan Vertonghen. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, what uh, an incredible servant, uh, incredible purchase he's been. Everything else, uh, yeah, uh, I think that he <laughs> he can go onto the Qatari league and and sort of go back to feeling that way and, and get a nice payday out of it. Um, fair play to him. Signing a new contract as soon as Mourinho walked through the door was a bit of a weird one, especially now in retrospect that we're now moving him on. Uh, but yeah, just just an incredible defender. I, 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 like. Um, his coolness, yeah, his calmness mm-hmm. in defence, in one v ones, his patience, um, his sort of cool headedness, and his his sort of fast thinking in those moments is is really what what makes him stand out as one of the greatest one v one centre backs yeah. I've really ever seen. Um, but just keeping his body <laughs> between the ball and the goal is the simplest thing in the world. But he yeah, really yeah. really excelled at, at that one thing. His long passing, obviously, incredible. Um, uh, the thing with we're talking about Adevel is that it, it, you've got to talk about him and and Vertonghen together, and that partnership obviously ended a while ago. Um, but it was it was the two of them, or uh, well, the two of them in a three, still still a sort of a valid um, uh, partnership there. Um, but we were really blessed with with an incredible pair of centre backs for a, for a considerable period of time, and uh, we <laughs> we've got quite a bit of spending to do if we want to recreate something like that again, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't the showy defender. He wasn't. Vertonghen was always much more of the last ditch tackle, the sliding block, and stuff like that. And I think that's just a testament to to how well he read the game that he he didn't have to do those those big grand gestures. Absolutely, and I think the comment about the contract, Nathan, um, is is worth just briefly revisiting because I don't know about you, but I feel like we've got a, a good fee for him for for a player who's thirty two is not the same since injuries. Um, he's coming up to I think one year left in his contract after oh, okay. this um, and it, it sounds like we've got somewhere between 10 and 15 million pounds for him that seems about right so that seems like a, a decent fee no, decent a return very good fee like just to yeah. get his wages off the books at this stage just is good to get a good fee on top of that for a 32 year old defender is, um, is, is pretty exceptional to be honest yeah yeah um, so, so other players are being linked with moves away Harry Winks, there's talk that Everton might quite like Harry Winks. I think pretty much everyone's like happy for that move to happen. It's It just makes sense. He needs a fresh start. We need a fresh start. Make, I'm completely happy with this. Uh, Nathan, you, you've put something in the running order which, which slightly concerns me. Hmm. Skip to Leeds? Yeah, I need to uh, make sure I'm allowed to say this. Uh, I might have to come back and edit this out later. <laughs> Uh, anyway, but don't worry about it, Wendy. Is is um, is how I'm going to start this off. Basically, Bielsa really likes him, really wanted him this season. Tried to persuade uh, Spurs to to consider letting him go either on loan or whatever. With um, with uh, Phillips moving into a number eight role, uh, following following 
the Euros, I guess. Um, but Spurs say, no, we want to give him a chance here next season. So uh, we are holding on to a young player who Bielsa really, really fancies. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. I like, I like. Uh, Aurier has been linked with a move to PSV Eindhoven, which is I a, mean, a d- interesting I don't link. Know, I don't know how real that link is. That's proper internet, Twitter, chat. But I'm not sure how real that is, but... Yeah. He's previously been linked with Milan. Yeah. Well, uh, his his agent is like running around trying to find him a club because he wants to go. We want him to go. Uh, PSG have signed Hakimi, <laughs> a player who's three times his quality. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, uh, where am I going to play in a few weeks' time? So it's sort of, it's, yeah, let's, let's get some uh, rumors in the paper about PSV to hope that whips up some interest potentially from PSV or whoever else. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's a bit of that one. It's, um, it's scraping around trying to find someone who's going to offer us, a, you know, a bit of a fee for Aurea, which might be a challenge. I think we, um, and hopefully that the Paratici is, is, is going to give us sort of the change in tone on this one and, um, accept a, a cut price to get get him off our books that's the key isn't it so the the other remaining players to talk about uh cameron carter vickers is being strongly linked with a move to celtic which i think would be a good a good move for him um because they've just sold adja adja aya i think it's adja isn't it to brentford oh aya sorry <laughs> is it aya christopher aya yeah aya um so they need a replacement for for Aya, and they're looking at Carter Vickers. Apparently, I've not seen any rumored moves for Lucas, which is disappointing to me. But uh, mm. there's links with Sissoko uh, leaving, which I think again just makes sense from every possible perspective. Where's Sissoko going? Uh, rumors of Nice liking him. That makes sense. Uh, but other clubs too. There's ru- there's there's various rumors about Sissoko. I, I'm intrigued by by the the fact that we've managed to make so or seemingly make so many exits happen. Um, Paratici is getting lots of praise. There are many memes doing the round. People are saying constantly, "This man never sleeps. He he oh, yeah. he he breathes football. He's." He's on his phone constantly. He's he's working all the hours that that God sends, and um, he uses wired headphones, so his um, AirPods don't get hacked. Is one of the the latest things I heard. What is that about? I mean, he's just a dad, isn't he? That's the reason he's using wired headphones. <laughs> They're the ones that come with the box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what I will say is this: I think Paratici is essentially doing his job right now. However, <laughs> if he if Paratici managed to sell Charles Joseph John Hart for a fee, then I will be all in on all of the Godfather memes because that would be a remarkable achievement. Um, what do you think, Nathan? Is is Paratici some sort of hero that um, that deserves all this praise that he's currently getting? Yeah, so there was this piece, was it in The Guardian or was it The Athletic? Um, talking about his... Uh, you know his insane work ethic and lots of excitement about the fact that he works you know 23 hours a day uh 365 days a year and i just think that it's uh i just think that it's insane i just think it's like i i uh, it's not healthy I, it, to be praising some for that for it's not healthy to be praising that kind of thing right uh, firstly because like those aren't the standards that we should be setting for ourselves as humans, right? Those aren't those aren't healthy. But it's also not like the best way to get like performance out of people, right? Exactly. People need rest to make the best decisions. Um and I'm sure that like the the reporting is is a massive exaggeration anyway, because it's like if he's in his office for, you know, ten hours a day is still too much and then his phone is on and he's available to call for a deal if one comes up at, in the evening and he that you know, that's kind of a different matter. Uh, so I'm sure that he's on call and I and I think that that's too much you know, twenty four seven. I think that's too much anyway. He should have like uh, administrative assistants who can who can help yes. him with that. Um, so the whole discussion around it is is kind of disturbing, frankly. Um, but uh, the the work is coming on pretty pretty strong this summer. We wait until until the end of the summer to say, hey, he did move on all these players. Hey, he did bring all, in all these players. Um, until then we can't get too carried away but the signs are pretty promising it's it's definitely the 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 sensation is very different this summer to previous summers it just supports the argument that we've been making for several years that we need a director of football um it was it's been so obvious we've needed to clear out some of the deadwood 
for literally three seasons. That's six windows, and it's finally happening, and that is very, very pleasing. A couple more big talking points, I think, before we touch on Colchester briefly. Um, let's start with the, the 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 less happy one because then we've got something happy to to move to. This whole fiasco with Harry Kane being on the front page of the Sun, thanks to his brother Charlie telling someone something at a wedding, um, and the sort of the bad vibes that that brought about. Barney, how are you feeling about this Kane saga? And I will call it a saga now. I mean, I'm at the position, if, if Kane wants to go, then pay the money and he can go. Of course, it's very sad and everything else, but I'd rather we just moved on with our lives. And if this is how the Kane family are going to get out of Spurs, then it's just it's just not very classy. And perhaps Charlie Kane isn't the classiest person. Perhaps he shouldn't be managing the best um, the best striker in the world. He needs to realise he's nothing much nothing else apart from a potato farmer and just <laughs> just just leave being an agent to other people. If Kane wants to go to Manchester City, then that's fair enough. If that's his ambition to to become a a stat on Manchester City's oil oil-stained football history, then fair enough for him. If he wants to stay at Spurs and try and do something, try and achieve the impossible, I've said many times that I'm all in for that. But if he wants to leave, then goodbye, give us the money and we'll move on with our lives. Um, Nathan, you've you've always been fairly... Oh, there's the ice cream van again. <laughs> uh, Nathan, you've always been fairly resolute in the fact that you think Kane will stay because no one will be able to afford him. Um, are you are you still feeling so confident after this story made the front page of the Sun? Well, I'm feeling confident in a different way, which is that if the reported figure of 160 million comes up, I'm feeling pretty positive about receiving that kind of money for player of his age and injury record. To be honest, mm. um, do I think that City will put that money up? Um, uh, maybe. <laughs> I, mm. I think it's more likely he stays. To be honest, but. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Charlie's been dropping the ITK at a wedding. Uh, he wears a suit to work. He has one client. It's his brother. He has an office. <laughs> he dresses up in a full three piece. Uh, <laughs> has an office specifically for 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 just his one client, his brother. Um, He's so, got the same. He's got the same work ethic as Harry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> preparation is immaculate. First person at the office in the morning, last to leave. Also, the only person who's ever there because it's just a little <laughs> little studio he's rented out. It's a converted shed, isn't it? Let's be honest. He's got <laughs> he's got two rooms in his converted shed. One is his office, which is also a shrine to his brother Harry, yep. and the other is a bar. And he probably spends most of his time in the bar. Yeah, <laughs> Charlie like- Kane. I can imagine he's a bit like Johnson in the in Peep Show when he's when he sets up his home office. He doesn't even doesn't even make the bed; just gets out of bed and gets <laughs> cracking on his laptop. Uh, I mean, I, I like Nathan says. I'm not sure Pep's going to go for this because it's a lot of money, and it's not like Pep Guardiola's going. Oh, okay. If I had Harry Kane, I'd win the Champions League. He's not that kind of manager. He has a belief and a philosophy around how his team should play. And I don't think he he's just going to go and buy Harry Kane and 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 that's that's his sister. He's going to have to change how his team plays, in my opinion. And I don't see him doing that. The last time he tried to change a team to fit in a massive number nine, it didn't work well. But of course, the the very different personality, very different personalities between Harry Kane and Ibrahimovic. But uh, I just I don't see I don't see it happening. If it does, just get it done early and we can all move on because. That first game of the season of watching Harry Kane play against us is going to be—it's going to be very strange. Well, he's, he's not playing that game either way. Apparently, he's—he's—he's he's, he's taking out the rest, which I'm really glad to see. Most mm-hmm. of the speculation around this is that, like, oh, he's avoiding the game because we don't know who he's going to play for or everything else. I just think that, like, it's really good that he's getting the the rest because <laughs> he he needs it. Even if he plays for City, I, I still think he—I'm still kind of glad a little bit to see him get the rest. Uh, maybe, uh, Wendy, do you think that we've already spent the that we're already spending the Harry Kane money? It definitely seems that way. Um, the problem is it's also speculative because we've just assumed that all football clubs, all top-level football clubs, are going to be poor this summer because of COVID and the lack of revenue. Um, the thing is, we're, we've sold quite a few players already. We're selling more. We can probably afford to make some decent signings, knowing that we're also getting wages off the books. Mm. So so it's not necessarily the Kane money. But, um, yeah, I mean, come back to me if we sign... If we sign um, Kunde as well as Romero, because yeah, then no, I'd be like, yeah, we probably are spending the K money if that's the case. Yeah, all right. Um, 
And the thing with Kane is obviously I want him to stay. I'd love I'd love to have the league's best player in in our team for next year. A team that I'm feeling happier and happier about. I'm feeling more optimistic about as as the days go on, as the transfers roll in. Uh, Kane obviously elevates us and makes us a much much better side. So it'd be wonderful if he stayed. But 160 million is an insanely good fee if he were to leave, and uh, a fee that we should be very happy with in terms of what it would allow us to to do with the rebuild. Um, so on the upside, with the lovely news this week that Son Heung-min signed. Four-year contract until 2025. Um, so th- there was a video that was released to accompany this on contract signing. And it involved him and a notice board of photographs of some of his best moments in a Spurs shirt. And it is one of the most joyous videos mm. I've seen Spurs ever release. He is a treasure of a human being. We are so lucky to have... Uh, a player who's genuinely wonderful to watch on the pitch, but also just like a, the most decent, adorable, beloved footballers we've had at our club ever. Uh, and I'm so happy that he's signed. I know from an accountant perspective, it makes so much sense to sell him at his peak, at his prime, get sit some money through the, through the door onto the balance sheet while we can. But from a from a pure fan perspective, I'm so glad that Son has signed this contract. I love him. I uh, he's again another player who cult hero comes to mind, but he's more than that as well because he's such a wonderful, wonderful footballer and um, has been responsible for so many happy moments. Bardi, are you are you feeling like me, elated that someone signed a contract, or do you think we should have sold him? Um, I'm going to be positive in. I'm I'm happy he's signed a contract. He's a lovely player, scores some great goals, and it's good news, man. It's good. Had we lost Kane and Son in one transfer window, then that would have been bad news. But uh, keeping him is good. It's a good thing. I like him. I hope um, hope this season he he has less of those kind of bad patches and is a bit more consistent. But he's he's a great player, and I'm very happy he's staying. Yeah, and the other thing, Nathan, of course, is if we are losing Kane, then you need Son's productivity. You're going to need those goals and assists. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Son is is getting on. He's he's you know got to be worth quite a bit of money on a potential sale. Um, there are reasons why why you could criticise new contracts, but I think that if we're considering selling Harry Kane, you keep the other right. You don't you don't get rid of both at once. Uh, we may well end up keeping both, and then it becomes a little bit of an issue next year or whatever. But uh, I mean, I'm just I'm just not in a rush to see some go, even though it, it makes sort of sense. And I I do think that like. He's one of those players. He has sort of the you know Milner syndrome, where everyone says how underrated he is. Um, but also, would he would he command the fee that his his output deserves? Uh, probably not. Plus, you know, all of the 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 Korean fans that you bring in when you sign Sun to your club. So uh, maybe maybe the smartest thing is to to keep him here for 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 a while longer. Yeah. Also, you know, he's he's twenty nine. He doesn't look twenty nine. Like Wayne Rooney when he was twenty nine looked forty. Harry <laughs> Kane when he hits thirty is gonna look old and, and move like an old person. He's still got plenty of plenty of spring left in his legs. He mm. he's got another he's got another easy. I reckon by the end of his contract he'll still be dashing around the pitch. He's he's a boy that looks after himself. That is absolutely correct. I think he's uh, in really good shape for a twenty nine year old. Um, and I mean, it's not like twenty nine is is old. It's just still very young. But yeah, in in, in terms of strikers, though, it's sort of getting towards the end, isn't it? Uh, at the elite well, for, level, for pace, perhaps for pace based strikers. Yeah. Mm, mm. I suppose the other thing about Son is that he has got variety to his game as well. So hopefully he can um, hopefully he can adapt as he gets older and, and perhaps just a yard of pace. Um, we should talk a little bit about the Colchester match. Uh, I mean, there's not a huge amount to say about it, but. Um, it was interesting to see Pascocci play right back again, uh, a centre back by trade who has played left back for his national team. But I thought he did a good job again at right back. Uh, Delhi got on the score sheet, as did um, is it Son and Lucas? I think. God, it feels so long ago. That seems about right. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, um, and a, a good team performance, really promising team performance. Skip made his first appearance of preseason, looked really nice, played an incredible volleyed pass <laughs> crossfield, which was just insane. And then Niall John came on in the second half and had another really promising display in midfield also. Um, anything you either of you would like to add on the Colchester match? Revenge is ours. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Parrot nearly had a, a brilliant goal, did everything yeah. right, but but didn't quite get the shot. Uh, well, it was blocked, I think, wasn't it? Didn't quite get the separation for the shot. Is that right? Yeah. But I mean, basically, that game is like that is what 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 Nuno's football looks like when it works. That is what that is what we're in for. Um, I think that's a, a pretty strong preview, despite you know previously saying we talked about this in the last episodes that like it's it's just. It's just fitness. There's no tactics going on at the moment. Like that is it's wrong. That is what that is what what Nuno ball. <laughs> that is what it looks like. That's that's how it works. So um, yeah, direct attacks, long balls over the top, quick one twos through the middle of midfield. Uh, yep, that's 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 what we're that's what we're looking at. Some good signs for sure. God, there's been so much to talk about that we've 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 filled an hour without even going into questions so what we'll do is bank your questions and maybe next week we won't sign two players and and sell one more uh, and we can actually get around some of them uh, thank you for sending them in as ever it's uh, much appreciated and we'll be back next week with more of the same you've been listening to The Extra Inch thanks to Nathan A. Clark for production thanks to Barney for being Italian thanks to Adam Gardner for the artwork Thanks to David Lindner for our intro music. You can find him on Twitter at Davy Shambles and his SoundCloud D Lindner. Do check him out, he's great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help.